Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Just Writing About podcast. My name is Bob, and I am joined by my pal Enzo. Enzo, how are you over there? Hello, Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Doing, doing quite nicely. Um, the weather's been a little bit iffy over here. We've had quite a bit of rain, but we're hoping that the weekend is going to be a little bit drier. Well, it's been it's been promised. We, we've been we've been promised several uh, de- kind of downfalls of rain that I can only really describe as biblical. But so far, as yet, not happened. So you know, we've got to be pleased for that. But look, I tell you what, I'm going to go straight and off the back. I've got a bit of a quiz for you. How would you like to take part in a little bit of a quiz? Oh, I love a quiz, mate. Oh, marvellous. Well, now then, the, the, the quiz is called Dodge the Bonk. Now, would you, like to, would you like to take part in Dodge the Bonk? Say yes, Bob. Yes, Bob. There you go. Fantastic. Right. OK, so now imagine the scene, if you will. You're out on a, uh, on a long bike ride. You've been out for kind of four or five hours and you're running out of steam you've gone through your your drink you've got no fluid you've got no water left you've gone through your uh your your food you've eaten everything that you're carrying your your pockets are bare and you've still got about an hour before you get home and you're really starting to flag but you're okay there's a little lifeline up ahead because you can see a, a, a small news agent's and as you kind of ride up to there and stop outside, you kind of go through all your pockets and everything you might have, and you find one solitary pound coin. <laughs> and this pound coin is what can buy you the fuel to get home. So holding that pound coin in your, in, in your little grubby hand, you, you, you walk into the newsagent, and you've got a choice there of, uh, of confectionery that you can purchase to give you the fire to go home so we've got four items now this what we're looking for what i'm looking for uh for you to do in a in a in a in a quiz set out which is absolutely not ripped off from anywhere else absolutely not uh is to set out these four items in the highest calorie order so highest first to lowest uh in in fourth so we've got four items to choose from okay right Okay, so first of all, the standard size Mars bar, they work out to 51 grams, okay? Okay. Standard size Mars bar. A Trek oat protein bar, they run out to 50 grams. Yeah. Okay. Um, A tube of Maynard's wine gums. Okay, they are the standard size tubes. I I think it's something like 39 grams. Or... A tube of Smarties, um, the lightest of the lot, 38 grams. So we've got a couple of old favourites in there. We've got a couple of, uh, of wild cards. Um, so standard size Mars bar, a Trek oat protein bar, uh, a roll of Maynard's wine gums and a tube of Smarties. What do you reckon is holding the highest calorific value? Now, I know that all these things will have great kind of protein and other things as well we're not worried about that we're just looking at calorific value to get you home right well do you know what there's something on there that i do usually bring and that's the wine gums so i'm ah. going to go for number one 
The tube of wine gums. You're saying wine gums are highest calorific value? I would say yes, sir. And then okay. do you want my second choice now? Second choice. Second choice, I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck in the Mars bar. Second choice, we're going Mars bar. Okay, third choice. And in the old bronze medal position, I'm gonna give that to the <laughs> uh, to the Trek bar. Third, the the Trek you're giving bronze and the wooden medal at the bottom. The one, giving... Yeah, just missing out on a podium place, smarties. <laughs> Tuba Smarties. So how, how bad did I get that? Well, it's at times like these where I wish I had that family fortunes <laughs> thing that I could then play to you because um, there's, well, I mean, you couldn't have got it much longer. Oh, my gosh. Go on. Um, are we, are we going to reveal it next week or are you going to put me out of my misery now? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you out of your misery right now. If people want to play along at home, then by all means they can pause this podcast now and come back. I'll just give you a moment to pause, and we're back in the room. There we go. Uh, okay, so the highest calorific value. Brace yourself. Thirty-eight gram tube of Smarties. No way. Four hundred and fifty-eight calories in that in that tube of Smarties. You're joking. I am not. I am not joking. Uh, second back is the uh, is the fifty one gram standard size Mars bar, two hundred and thirty calories. Third place is the Oat uh, Trek protein bar uh, at two hundred and seventeen calories. And uh, bottom bottom of the shop is your roll of Maynard's wine gums. Oh my gosh, one hundred and seventy calories. Well, that's. I mean, I've. Do you know what, mate? I do always bring emergency wine gums with me. They're in my little um, my little saddle pouch there, and I chuck them in. I don't, you know, they've probably been there a while. I don't, I don't eat them all the time because I've usually got something in me in my pockets. You know, more likely those kind of bars and stuff. But I do have emergency sweets you know, just, <laughs> just in case we stop for a bit of a picnic and I want to hand out some wine gums. But I have used them in the past before when I've got to this exact stage where I've run out of stuff. And we're about half hour from home and I've just shoved a few sweets in my mouth and it has just got me uh, to the sort of, you know, bottom of the road in time to get home and, um, you know, fuel myself up properly. So I'm absolutely stunned because I would never bring some. I mean, to be fair, a lot of that stuff is probably so high in sugar that you'd probably, uh, you know, send you to the moon and back. So I, exactly. I, I wouldn't have thought we're not telling anyone to go and buy a load of Smarties. Look, I look exactly. I am not. I, I, am, not, I, I, I am not a doctor, um, and uh, apparently, it doesn't matter how many episodes of the uh, BBC daytime soap doctors I've watched. Apparently, I'm still not one. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm not saying that it's necessarily the breakfast of champions. However, um, there you go. Very high calorie content. Marty, do you bring any of those things with you, mate, when you go for a ride? I'm, I, I, um, most of the time I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm in favor of a, of a little Snickers bar or, uh, well, okay. I never bring chocolate bars, mate. Never. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm that a little, uh, a Snickers bar or a, uh, the, 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 the Morrison's, uh, should we say the Morrison's tribute to the Snickers bar, uh, which it calls us, which they call sprinters. <laughs> okay. Uh, brilliant. Ooh, <laughs> which are a fair bit cheaper. Uh, they're a fair bit smaller as well, but still, we can't have everything. But um, yeah, they're, uh, they're 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 a little bit of a, 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 a chocolatey, sugary, peanutty injection uh, when you need them the most. Um, and uh, but I mean, in all fairness, that none of them can really hold a candle to something which has revived me on more than one occasion. 
My wife's fruitcake. So there we go. <laughs> Marvellous stuff. Now, Bob, I don't know if you remember, a few episodes ago, we was chatting about um, kind of bike GPS sat-nav kind of devices. I do remember. And I was, uh, you know, in the market for, for one. Um, I was I was going to try and use my phone, but I just found that the glare with the sunshine just made it unusable. Really, I couldn't I couldn't see what the what the hell was going on on the screen. So I kind of took the plunge and said, right, I've got to I've got to get a proper bicycle related sat nav to help help me on my kind of longer journeys and when I'm planning routes. And I know we kind of discussed that you've got the Garmin five ten. Is that right? uh 5 30 i think well, yes okay, so right. that well, well. um uh-huh. and, and you was quite pleased with that but um uh-huh. i did i did a bit of my own research and i plumbed for germany's finest sigma rocks 12 um okay. gps unit which is it, it it's a it's quite big it's not it's not um you know it's not the sort of thing that you can hide on your bike it, it almost looks like a sort of mobile phone size but having read the reviews, it, it got some very favourable uh, kind of uh, reports in terms of its sat-nav navigation. And um, do you know what? I took a punt. I thought, um, especially because some of the, the, the guys that I normally ride with, one's got a Wahoo Bolt, one's got a Garmin, but I think a slightly older version, the, the newer one. One's got yeah. a Lazine Super GPS as well so i thought you know what Let, let's kind of uh get something different yeah i'm i'm looking at one now and they are sizable. they are i mean they look bigger in the pictures when you get one home yeah. it's not as massive as I, I mean when i saw the kind of uh yeah the sort of youtube videos and stuff i thought oh bloody hell i'm getting something quite um huge in size but it's not as big once you've got it on the bike but but i mm. thought you know I, I, I took the punt i've got it i i put it on my goodness me, it was a bit of a pain to set up. There's, there's loads of stuff you need to, to do to pair it with your with your phone app. Then you've got to pair it with the kind of Sigma cloud app. It, so, it sounds like I would really struggle with it's, this. Um, it, mate, yeah, this was a little bit... I mean, I don't know, maybe I was just doing it the wrong way, but it was it, it was a bit difficult. Cause you, and then you've got to pair it with... Uh, with your Strava account and your community yeah, account. Okay. But anyway, mate, so much um, kind of swearing and shouting later, I, I have got it going and um, I've, I've, down, I've downloaded some, some routes from Kamut and they went onto it rather nicely. And uh, last weekend we took, we took all our GPSs out, loaded up the same file <laughs> uh, and we gave them a go. Now, obviously okay. the other guys had used their systems before, so they were quite... Um, quite up to speed with with how it will work so we set off um the good thing about my gps is that it's the only one that kind of reroutes if you go wrong so all the other ones if you take a wrong turn it'll kind of beep at you but mm-hmm. it kind of says you know you need to do a u-turn and, and go back and pick the route up whereas my one we can power on through and it will kind of redraw the map to pick up where you are at that particular moment and get you back on track so that Okay, so yeah, so like a sat nav in that yeah. sort of respect, yeah, that it will reroute. It, 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 okay. it kind of did that. So I was quite impressed that, uh, you know, sort of one nil to me against the Wahoo, the Garmin, <laughs> and the Lazine because neither of those could do it. <laughs> However, it wasn't all, uh, it wasn't all, um, uh, biscuits and, and roses, mate, because, uh, at one point it's got like a touch screen, yeah, but okay. it's also got kind of buttons to, so if you, you know, if you don't want to use the touch screen, you can use the buttons. 
Right. And that's something I've learned because I was swishing around the pages while I was riding and I accidentally pressed something and it kind of stopped. <laughs> it stopped the route <laughs> and it says, uh, do you want to delete or start again? So the options weren't great. So what I had to do, I had to stop, reset it and, and, and reload the, the map, which wasn't great. So I, I've learned the lesson of uh, using the buttons as opposed to the touchscreen when I'm riding because using the buttons, you're less likely to, to, to touch one of the, the kind of... Uh, settings that you don't really want to which is what i what i did so it kind of messed that up well i i did something terrifyingly similar with the the garmin that i've had for the last couple of years in in the last sort of mountain bike event that i did is that we we you know kind of everybody head headed off sort of on mass mm. i headed off like you know kind of literally kind of quite close to the, the the front of this big kind of mass start kind of started the garmin and I've no idea what I did. Maybe I pressed it and it didn't come through and I pressed it again or something. And then it said, ride end. <laughs> I was like, but that's, what? That's the exact <laughs> screen I had when I was right. I was just literally, because you can set up different pages so you can see different bits of data while you're riding along, uh, while, while the map is up. So, you know, if you want to see, you know, what your average speed is or even just what the time is or what time the expected arrival is, you can kind of mm. set these up on different pages um, while you're riding along but yeah because i used the the, the bleeding um, touch screen i've ended up clicking on something that i shouldn't and i had that I, you know ride has ended well I, I i had to stop while about 140 people just <laughs> went past me while i was trying to then find the map again so i could restart it because i knew i definitely needed the map with my sense of well i'm glad it's not me then that's just done that because i just feel a bit of a twit <laughs> Now, Bob, if I say to you oval chain rings, what does that, you know, <laughs> what do you think, mate? I've, I've got a chap who we, we ride with and he swears by them. He's got them on his bike and he is adamant that it helps him climb quicker. Apparently he thinks, or he's telling me the sciences, that it kind of kills a sort of a dead spot when you've got your legs kind of at sort of the 12 and 6 position. I don't know. They cost a fair few quid. There was about hundred and something um, to uh, to put them on his bike, but does they mm. make a hell of a difference? It does look a bit weird. You can't kind of notice it unless it's pointed out to you because the oval is quite subtle. But when you see it, you can't stop looking at it because rather than this thing going round in a circle, you can see it sort of bobbing up and down, up and down. Um, I don't know, mate. Have you got any thoughts on oval chain rings? Yeah, I mean, well, there is. I mean, there is one guy that uh, uses them. I don't know if you've heard of him, a, a bloke called Chris Frew. Oh, I, I think I've heard of him. Every... You may have yeah. heard of, may have heard of him. He's uh, he does a little bit of riding about, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, has used oval chain rings for a very long time. And yeah, um, the, um, I mean, as I understand it, it does. Uh, um, as um, as your man says, there, it does kind of kill that sort of dead spot if you like of your kind of rotation so you're at that sort of when you're when the pedals are at six o'clock twelve o'clock you're you're not pressing and you're not pulling so it's it's at that point it sort of eliminates that uh, you know that 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 drop off in uh in inertia in in movement if you like so it's um so it you, you you're able to it, it kind of maximizes the sort of stroke of your legs as you're turning the pedals so um yeah i've never tried one but i'd be very interested to have a yeah. go i mean do you think we're talking marginal gains here or do you think there is a bit more of a a bigger advantage 
Oh, because again, mate, you, you're talking a hundred and something quid for a decent set, <laughs> um, you know, and you've got to kind of weigh that up. You know, we are just amateur riders, uh, literally just riding about. So I wonder if it warrants, and you know, and certainly I don't think for either of us money is no object. I mean, that's that. If only that were the case, we've got to kind of think where we spend our pounds. Yeah, I, th- I think that they they just kind of suit some people and they don't suit others. I mean, um, as I say, uh, Mr. Chris Froome has had the, has been using them for as as long as I can remember. But I, but you'd be, it'd be difficult to kind of try and find. I think anybody else in the pro ah, peloton that uses them regularly. That is interesting because then that um, would suggest that maybe the science isn't absolutely a hundred percent, and some riders just don't get on with them and don't think they're worth the effort. That's the thing. I think if you're if you're used to them and uh, you know you you ride them uh, regularly, uh, then they you know then then they absolutely work for you. I think if they work for you, then they work yeah. for you. But, you know, if, uh, but it, it's quite, a, I don't know if it sort of just feels different or, or, or whatever, but um, as I say, I'd, I'd love to have a crack. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe uh, see, uh, see if possibly, you know, kind of uh, pick up a set on eBay yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, now talking about marginal gains, Bob, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for your advice on something else that I've been looking at. So, we're always thinking of what we're going to buy next. What can we? It's it's a crazy sport and hobby. You're never kind of uh, set with what you got. You're always looking for for something to upgrade or something that might just improve your cycling. So I've been looking at what's kind of touted as the 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 the, the best change you can make uh, for your money, mm. and that's the wheels. So okay. I've been looking at carbon wheels for my kind of summer tofosi, my good bike, let's say. So okay. at the moment, it's just got a set of standard uh, Campagnolo Calima alloy wheels, which are Campagnolo's entry-level wheel. There are probably, if you were to buy them off the shelf, I think they're about 180, maybe 200 quid a set. So, okay. um, you know, they're the stock wheels that come with a bike. Uh, and like I said, always looking to find that kind of purchase that will, you know, make make the biggest kind of improvement to your riding. So we're not really talking marginal gains. We're talking about something that will, you know, will make a discernible difference. And I've been told that, you know, if you're going to do something like that, then, you know, rather than buy a new bike, um, which will make the biggest change, I guess, um, you know, change the wheels to, to a carbon set. But the problem is, mate, they're flipping expensive. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I've been looking at, various because you can get obviously different rim depths but they they do make a big difference so i'm told you get more uh aerodynamic efficiency obviously they come in a bit lighter so when you climb it makes that a little bit easier they're a bit stiffer so you don't get much flex in the wheel but the decisions that i need to think about if i'm going to do this is a how much do i want to spend and b how deep do i want the rim depth to go now the correlation between price and rim depth is is pretty stark because the deeper you go, okay. the more they cost. Yeah, yeah. So okay. What I've looked at is kind of the sort of the, the the shallowest I can go that will actually make a biggest benefit. And I've been told mm. sort of thirty eight to forty mil if you're changing from normal alloy wheels, um, going up to that sort of depth which is probably as you could probably get a bit shallower but that's kind of the entry level 
kind of from what I've seen anyway, carbon wheel. Okay. Um, but still talking about six hundred quid. Wow. And that's cheap. Unless I went for a complete <laughs> eBay dodgy kind of take a chance on a set of wheels that come from China that you've never heard of, but you hope they're right. And I, I think, and then you kind of could get something for about three hundred and fifty quid, and that's completely built up, spokes, hubs, uh, everything ready to go. I think realistically, I, I, I don't think never, uh, never more, uh, never a more chilling sentence has been uttered uh, than "take a chance on a cheap set of wheels." <laughs> that the, that is kind of quite a terrifying thing. I mean, realistically, uh, I, I suppose with with things like that, I, I would say go for the the most expensive set that you can afford because realistically i think with when it comes to carbon fiber the expensive stuff is better you know um and you 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 do really get what you pay for when it when it's kind of carbon fiber i my i mean my own dealings with carbon fiber is uh um very slim but uh, um, all of my uh, bike's frames are just like my musical tastes when I was a teenager, all metal. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know that much about carbon. I mean, um, I mean, from a mountain bike side of view, on my mountain bike, I've, I've changed from, uh, as you know, as, as you know, um, I've changed from just kind of regular kind of tube wheels to going mm. tubeless. And that, has uh, that certainly does make a, a big difference i certainly feel that you know kind of just a difference in weight there um and you know that's kind of climbing riding you know the, the way that the bike feels and changes direction and stuff it does make a big difference so um if you can kind of cut i know that kind of cutting weight from the wheels uh, does make a difference in how that feels certainly on a on the on a mountain bike but um yeah wow i mean you uh, you know never again never ridden on carbon wheels i think that you know if you're making a a good weight saving then that's that's going to be that that's that's where you're going to feel that the bike is going to change very you know a, a, a great deal it'll be a lot more like kind of nimble um and a lot more sort of live yeah i mean i check i mean the, the the difference in weight from what i've currently got to if i got this these 38 mil carbon wheels would be about 500 grams, so half a kilo. So I guess you'd probably would feel that. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, if I was to go deeper, they they look nicer. Uh, you know, not yeah. There's no real argument there. But the problem with deeper, and obviously they're they're more aero. I think with the deeper uh, rim, so in a straight line, you'll go a little bit quicker or you'd go at the same speed let's let's put it this way you'd go at the same speed but for less effort um that's probably better way of looking at it although yeah. the deeper rims they don't help the climbing so much but again i don't know whether it's just you know for someone like me where i wouldn't notice one way or the other so i'm kind of erring towards getting these 38 mil carbon wheels which are as cheap as i well as much as i can really afford before i'm kind of taking food out of the kids' mouths <laughs> onto my bike. Um, uh, and although they won't look as nice as some of the bikes that go past with the super massive deep rims, um, I think mm. the for that sort of money, I'll be getting the best kind of improvement 
by getting rid of the alloy wheels, uh, the sort of aluminium rims that I've got and using these carbon ones. Whereas, and to be honest, this is the bloke I was talking to that builds the wheels. He kind of said this to me. He goes, you can go deeper, but the gains will be less. Um, but the price right, okay, will yeah. go up. But, you know, just yeah. for a sort of amateur rider who's just riding sort of, you know, midweek and, and at the weekends with his friends. I'm not racing or anything like that. He said the gains will be marginal that, you know, for the expenditure, it probably wouldn't be worth it unless you just wanted them to look really nice. And then you can sort of knock yourself out and spend as much as you want. <laughs> it, it is that kind of law of, of yeah. diminishing returns. Really. That, exactly. Yeah. He, he said, um, you know, you, you can you can get better ones, but, the you know, in terms of the riding, the those gains will be smaller. You won't even probably notice them. Um, but you'll be spending a lot more. So I'm still undecided, mate. I'm not 100%, but I am erring towards these 38 mil carbon wheels, which I think they are tubeless ready. So if I did decide to go tubeless, they'd be sorted. Um, yeah. And he said that I would certainly feel a difference, both on the kind of flat bits and the climbing bits compared to the, to the uh, aluminium wheels that I've got at the moment. So... I don't know. Let, let's say, watch this space. If I if if I do bite the bullet, then I you know I can report back and tell people whether the change actually that'd be quite a quite a nice little experiment at my expense, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're listening to the Just Riding About podcast. It's about bicycles, bicycling, and the people who bicycle those bicycles. Hot on the heels of our gravi- uh, of our. Um... Uh, gravel chat uh, that we had last week i've got a couple of bikes that i'm gonna that i'm gonna point your way because it's always you know it's good to hear that you're gonna equip your road bike but i think i've find i've found you two possible bikes that you should be buying instead of oval rings <laughs> and, and 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 carbon wheels now where we were sort of talking uh, saying about kind of gravel bikes and the way that they're going and and you know kind of mountain bikes road bikes and everything else well so anyhow there are uh two bikes that i think you should be looking at um one which is the brand new specialized diverge comp um now they do the the specialized uh diverge is a uh is a, a gravel bike but the 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 diverge comp is a little different because this one has got flat bars. So where you're talking about kind of gravel bikes and, and mountain bikes and then being like, uh, you know, kind of where we've had conversations before sort of saying about like early rigid mountain bikes versus, you know, gravel bikes and all the rest of it. Well, this is almost kind of taking a step in that direction because the, the, the frame is like a, you know, rigid gravel frame. We've got rigid forks. 700 c wheels with uh kind of good clearance on there to get 38 40 millimeter tires on there um and big solid wide flat bars and i think the thing it look it does look superb if you get a chance to look at it have a look because um it's it's a very nice bit of kit indeed um and i was also looking at um but this this thing caught my eye last year uh the giant tough road slr now, Giant have done. Uh, Giant had the, the 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 tough road in its armory last year, um, but that was a, a drop bar uh, gravel bike, and this one is a flat bar one. So, you know, t- take a little bit of a look at that. We're, we're we're heading back into the sort of uh, 
uh, into the, the the past, into the realms of kind of solid forked, solid framed uh, mountain bikes. Any um, idea on price? Let's let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, I mean, um, to- the 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 giant um, Tough Road SLR comes in at eight hundred ninety nine pounds. So that one <laughs> is kind of uh, staying un- under bad, the thousand it, pound when mark. You think about you know the price of bikes these days. Exactly. I mean, um, Specialized Diverge has uh, a, a little bit more kind of fancy kit involved, and uh, that so that, that so the price creeps up a little bit, and that's close to sixteen hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm liking the, the the sort of you know the 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 kind of again the sort of direction this is going you know blurring blurring the edges you know So um change the subject wildly from riding your bike uh outside and possibly on the road or gravel or not or whatever it may be um, now I know that you're keen on doing a bit of riding mm, indoors. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but I certainly don't mind doing it. Well, there you go. Well, I've I've been I was watching a little bit of uh, of uh, Zwift racing there the other day, but Zwift racing with a little bit of a twist, uh, a little bit of a, a twist to it. I don't know if you um, saw this, but it was on uh, Sky Sports program called The Race, uh, where they had uh, they pitted a number of uh, kind of celebrities and sports stars against again Mr. Chris Froome, who's getting quite a lot of uh, uh, airtime on this podcast. Uh, kind of starting off at kind of uh, intervals, and but Chris Froome started off at the back and headed off to kind of uh, catch them, and he started catch them kind of one by one. There's as well as people like kind of uh, Ollie. Uh, Ollie Muirs and um, God, what's that? Freddie Flintoff, who appears to be <laughs> on everything these days. Chris Froome kind of basically kind of worked his way through all these people and ended up with kind of coming up to the at, at the very end, racing it. He was sort of sat behind Kevin Peterson and and Mel C from the oh, Spice wow. Girls. And um, strange, strangely enough, but uh, I've watched a couple of things with Mel C in just lately, because I watched the, uh, she was in um, the Jesus Christ Superstar with Tim Minchin, and she was brilliant in that. Uh, and you know what? She was, she was that bit better even than that in this Swift race, because um, she hung on to the very end. She, um, she uh, very nearly beat Chris Froome, and she very, very nearly beat uh, Kevin Peterson. She finished third. Uh, they, I think they, they got to that last little kind of uh, three, four hundred yards. And, uh, uh, and Froome basically had his head down and he was going for it. But he had to. <laughs> he really had to. But uh, I'm, I'm uh, quite pleased that starting from the 1st of August, anyway, the World Tour does kind of start up again. They've published a, um, uh, a revised calendar again. But now this looks like this is as we're as certain as we can be on this calendar, uh, which then kind of starts up again on the 1st of August uh, with uh, Strada Bianchi in Italy. And uh, it th- then kind of very kind of quickly moves. We've got the, the Tour de France is running, um, as I'm sure every, you know, everybody that listens to this podcast would have found out by now, starting on the 29th of August. We, uh, the, we then kind of head through everything, kind of goes sort of slightly out of order. Obviously, we've got the, the Giro d'Italia, which is basically kind of in the first three weeks of October, and the Vuelta 
taking in the last week of October, it slightly overlaps the Giro until mid of middle of November. Also, while that's running, we have the we've got Paris Roubaix, which is October twenty fifth, and Il Lombardia uh, on the thirty first of October. But uh, yeah, last day of the season, it appears anyway, at least on this calendar that I'm looking at, will be the the, the Vuelta España. But there are, there's also a few others as well, which have still got to be uh, kind of properly set in stone yet. So um, so we're moving away from the Zwift, uh, which is which is yeah, going to be a good thing. I think, I mean, you know, they've done it with the, some of the motor racing sports where they're doing, you know, online racing. It's not quite the same. So I'm glad to hear that the, the the cycle calendar is kind of back. I mean, there's going to be a lot of races all packed in to just sort of a few months. Let's hope that uh, it all works out and, and we don't have any reason for some of these things to be cancelled because it'd be a bit of a shame if, if we don't you know get all the, the big tours and the classics done because they are quite fun to watch. And uh, last but not least uh, in this episode, a very, very quick uh, recommendations corner because uh, I have found something incredible over the last couple of months in lockdown. And it's possibly the reason why I really need to get back on the bike and pronto. And that is Cadbury's Double Decker Ice Cream. Cadbury's. <laughs> Double so decker, double decker ice cream. kind of it's... bar that you could buy, the sort of chocolate bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just it's it's that. I mean, I was keen on a double decker anyway. I'm not. I'm keen on a double decker. I'm keen on ice cream. So what this is is a beautiful marriage of those two <laughs> things together. So I mean, um, I have been uh, enjoying. It's a great deal. So uh, I'm almost frightened to say, to, to put it in the recommendations corner, just in case everybody runs out and buys it and I won't be able to get any, but it's phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, what about you, sir? Any, uh, any fla- favourite uh, well, ice cream flavours? Well, my taste's a little bit more simple, mate. I just like Cornettos and Magnums. Cornettos and Magnums. As straightforward as it gets for ice cream for me. Yeah, I'm not overly into the exotic flavours that you can get. Yeah, I, I just could eat mag- uh, Magnums and Cornettos all day long. Again, probably not a good thing to do. Don't recommend anyone uh, going on a all ice cream diet. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, but mate, so, double decker, I don't know. No. I don't think... I don't think I'd even risk trying it. It just doesn't sound the sort of thing I'd go for. Oh man, I tell you, I could I could do an entire tub and then possibly come back for more. So I'm not going to. And what I'm going to say again, I'm not a doctor. We're not recommending that you should do that. But what I'm saying, just just maybe just take a couple of spoonfuls a night, it, you'll be fine. Uh, so there you go. Three recommendations going in recommendations corner this week. Double decker ice cream, Cornetto's well, and mate, well, you've made me hungry. So with that, I think we'll call it a night. Um, thanks again, Bob. Some absolute brilliant insight. And uh, and it was good to hear, mate, that the, uh, the old cycling calendar's back. talking in the wrong end and uh, I was also moving you onto the uh, bowl of oranges which is where you normally